that's exactly what brothers and sisters are for, is for help. I think I shook him up, so I'll take part of the blame for that. Jerry was sitting up here, and I walked by, and I said, are you ready to swap? And he said, sure, until he realized what that meant. So he changed his mind. So he may have been thinking about that, and I got him a little flustered on that. I'm flustered down because he preached my sermon in his songs. That's what the the songs are for, are to teach and to admonish us. And that one that we just sung, did you think to pray? How applicable is that to our life? How many times do we really need to hear that phrase? Did you think to pray? God is the one who supplies the strength. God is the one who gives the grace. God is the one who gives the help. And he's the one that carries us so many times when we really do not fully understand that that's exactly what he's doing within our life. Paul, as he's writing to that young preacher, Timothy, in the fourth chapter of the first letter, It's telling Timothy in verse 6 and following. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits little. I like that part. But godliness is profitable for all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those that hear you. 
It's hard to believe that one would want to be able to think that they could live such a life as Paul is telling Timothy without doing what we just sung about. Did you think to pray? The value of prayer. Jesus taught his disciples the value of prayer. Not doing it to be seen of men. But to understand indeed that the Father hears and that he answers. Ever thought and reflected on that for a while? What an honor, privilege, responsibility, and obligation is given to you as an individual to be able at any time to go before the throne of God and to know without a moment's hesitation that you have his ear and you have his heart because he knows your thoughts and he knows your heart and that you can petition him and to believe without a doubt that he hears and answers those prayers Sometimes we don't do that or think about that in the physical realm in which we live. Sometimes we get so busy in our own lives that we really do not have time. No, we really do not take time to listen to another. I love to talk with you, but I've got something to do, so I've got to be on my way. God is never that way. He is always there to hear us. And to know that, again, we understand that he knows the end from the beginning. We know that he's working his will out in our lives. That he's moving things in ways that we do not fully comprehend. It's hard to read the scriptures and not catch a glimpse of that, at least. How he moves in the affairs of human beings in the accomplishing of his will. And for us to believe that, again, he has a purpose for us and a goal that he wants for us and that he's willing to work with us even when we falter along the way to help us to be able to do that. Consider the advantages that we have when we think to pray and to petition God and how it encourages us in our daily walk. Sometimes in light of things that have gone on recently, you, if, as we look at it and deal with it, you know, how do you handle it all? I don't. <laughs> I don't handle it. God does. You know, I just shove the burdens up to him. <laughs> Let him handle that. I believe he knows better than I do how it's working. We don't understand it fully. We wrestle with it. But God knows. And however it is, he's working his will out. And ours is again to put that trust in him. Taking time to pray helps to cultivate our spiritual nature. 
We develop our bodies physically through regular exercise. And the same is true spiritually. We develop characteristics as we take that time to petition God. And it gives us what we need in our lives. We get those reminders. I'm not talking so much about our public prayers. We need those and we continue to petition one another in that light so that we would have those. But this is those private communications that you have with God. Finding that closet, and it's not a literal closet. You're not having to find a closet to go in and shut the door behind you. You did that in some of our closets. You couldn't shut the door once you got in there. There's no room for anything else in there. That's not what he's talking about. The private moments, wherever you may be, you can, you can petition God. Just be careful if you're petitioning God while you're driving. You keep your focus where it needs to be. Uh, but I'm simply saying you have those moments. And those prayers do not have to be formalized. Scriptures talk about we have the Holy Spirit. Through his groanings can make intercession on our behalf with things we really don't know how to petition him about. I mean, have you absolutely just been completely flustered? Just don't have a clue about what's going on, why it's going on, what's developing, where is it going? How is it working? How did it get here? And where is it going to go? And really do not know exactly how to petition God on that. But we do know, and I do believe that we believe, that what we want with our heart's desire is that God's will be done in the lives of each one of us. That we could surrender to him. God gave us as human beings a characteristic that we call pride or confidence. The desire to work it out and to solve the problems ourselves. And we forget that we are also a spiritual being to where it is God who works it out and God who solves the problems. And ours is that, that attitude of surrendering to him. We understand the difficulty in that. We see it was Jesus in Matthew 26 in the Garden of Gethsemane. The difficulty in really letting go and petitioning God. There's nothing wrong with having that agony. Nothing wrong with falling prostrate on your face. Nothing wrong with the petitioning as to the point of death itself. As long as all of that is directed to God. God, you know what we're going through. And you know our weaknesses. 
And I'm very much aware, as each one of us, I'm also aware that Satan seems to know my weaknesses. I don't believe he's all-knowing, but I believe he's awful close. I mean, he seems to know me inside out. Do you ever feel that way? Satan seems to know you inside out. He knows just what button to push that can get you angry at the drop of a hat. He knows just what to have take place just to cause one to say, I'm out of here. But I'm also reminded that God knows better than Satan does. And God is supreme. God is saying there's a purpose. You may not understand it now, but later on you will. I've mentioned at times before I've heard my parents tell me that. You don't understand the reason why I'm doing this to you right now, but later on you will. Never did like that. Promised myself that when I got to be a parent, I wouldn't do that. I didn't keep that promise. Because I find out I need to say it from time to time. You don't understand now why. But later on you will. Do we have that patience to wait for that later on? We keep on going. We keep on serving. But we have that patience where the prayer comes in. How often do we talk to God? How often do we lay these petitions before him? How often do we, as we study his word, look for his answers? Sometimes I think we look for wanting to hear that little still voice in the back of our mind telling us, here's what you need to do, David. This will solve the problem. And that's not what comes. What comes is, do you trust me? Do you believe I know what's going on? And do you believe I'm capable of handling it? Those are the words I read out of God's word. Do I really believe Ephesians 3 and verse 20, for example? Our God, he is able. How many times do we forget that? How many times do you hear individuals, and sometimes maybe we hear these individuals with a voice that sounds like mine. <clears throat> is God able to take care of this problem? Is he able to, to solve it? Ephesians 3.20 says, yes, he is. Our God is able. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. And you think about that one. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. God gives generously, and and as you read through the scriptures, that's one thing that ought to stick in your mind and in my mind. Whatever God gives, he gives generously, abundantly, overflowing, pressed down, more than you could receive. Why do I want to hide in the ground and pull the hole up over my head? God is still there. Beyond all that I ask or think, according to the power that works within, where? That works within who? Us. That power works within us. 
What we achieve is not us. What we achieve is God working through us. Our striving together and our again surrendering our will to him. Again, that's part of the exercise that we have in praying to him. Because we're not careful. There's another saying that goes out there that that says seven days without prayer makes one week. W-E-A-K. Seven days without prayer makes you weak. You're not as strong as you thought you were. And just that thought of knowing that God walks with you sometimes helps you get, keeps you going. Again, it's not going to keep you from having the rug slipped out from under your feet. It's not going to keep you from being blindsided. It's not going to keep you from not receiving or having negative reports given concerning you. But it does mean God is with you. You've got to keep your faith and your trust there. Developing a regular habit of prayer helps keep us free from distractions. If you're spending time in prayer with God, if you're seeking his counsel through his word, if you're seeking how to edify and encourage one another, that closes the room for other things, does it not? They're not able to get in there. Your mind is centered someplace else. And those idle thoughts that come through, you're not going to spend time in trying to, to dwell upon those. We love the wine. It starts about age two. And as far as I've been able to determine, it never quits. Why? Why, God? Why do we have to go through this, God? Why does this have to happen? Why can it not be another way? Why can we just not all get together and... and love one another and not have this fighting and feuding and whatever else it is. Why, 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 why? Yours is not to figure out the why. Because, see, that's what we want to do. Ours is to trust God. He's working it out. We just want to help him. We know the, the, the passage, again, that vengeance belongs to the Lord. And so many times we understand vengeance belongs to the Lord. We just want to be the hand that he uses to extend that vengeance. And that's not the way it is. The prayer, at whatever time it may be, the prayer is, ought to be, should be, I want that soul to be able to go to heaven and receive a reward from God. What would it take for that to happen? Sometimes it's beyond my grasp. Sometimes it's beyond my capability. But it's not beyond God's. There have been individuals who have done things they ought not to have done. In some cases, it's been years, decades down the road, several decades in one case, before the individual finally realized 
what I did was wrong, and I'm sorry for it. What a difference that makes. And if we're not careful, what have we done in those decades that are going through? What is our attitude towards those who have done wrong? Is it the thought? That's the soul for whom Jesus died. And that needs redemption. Because that applies to all of us. That applies to all of us. We need that redemption from God to remove those distractions along the way. It's in our prayers that we have that opportunity to pour out our heart and our soul to God for who we are, what we're going through. Some of those prayers and petitions that go to God as an individual, you would not want publicized in a public prayer. Because of the nature of them and whatever else may be involved. But I have that freedom to address God in a private way and to bear my soul before him and to believe again he has the ability and the help to help us along the way. Let it become a habit. Human beings are creatures of habit. Whether we want to admit that or not, we are. Habits can be good and habits can be bad. And habits, when they are established, are hard to break good habits and bad habits. That's why you're encouraged to establish good habits. So that as you keep those good habits going, they're hard to break. You keep those petitions going before God. And not develop those bad habits. It's impossible to live in this world and not allow any of the negativity that's in the world, not allow any of the sensuality that's in the world to affect you. But First John 4, 4 reminds me, my God is greater than that. It's there. I mentioned before, I mean, there are places in Dallas I prefer not to drive down some of those streets. Some of those streets are the only way I'm, I know how to get to some places. I don't have to Google it and find another way. Because I don't like the billboards. I don't like the businesses that are along the street. I don't want anything to do with that. But I also cannot withdraw myself into a cocoon and have nothing to do with anything. Because what's behind those doors? Souls. And what do they need? They need the gospel. 
not saying that you need to go into those places and saying, you know, I'm here to talk to you. But it's a reminder. Those opportunities can and will oftentimes present themselves. Have that habit of prayer and the petitioning of God. Keep your will close to Him. Habitual prayer, communication with God, will keep us from many evils. You've already decided where you want to be and what you want to do. You always, you're already trying to control those lusts that we have that are there. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and that pride of life. Recognizing that they don't come from God, but they come from the world, and the world's passing away. And the lust of the flesh wage war against the Spirit, the Spirit of God. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 talks about that. There's a war going on, and it's a lifelong war. So the controlling of ourselves is a challenge that we work with. If we're petitioning God to help us in our life, it helps to deal with pride because you recognize it's not who am I or look at who I am. Look at what I'm able to do. Look what I've accomplished and whatever else it may be. Because in prayer, that's not what you're centering on. In prayer, you're centering on who God is. Look what he has done. Look what he is capable of doing. Look what he's done with us. Look what ties us together. Keep us striving to work together and to glorify God. It's not us. It's God working in us, and that helps us in our life to do those things. Gets rid of pride. Helps us get rid of revenge, and those were in some of the songs that we sang. I said he already preached my sermon in his songs that he, he led this evening. Did a great job. Appreciate it. But that recognition, vengeance isn't mine. You have to remind yourself of that. God takes care of that. When I know the end result for those whose heart is not right with God, how could one ever want that wished upon an individual? I'll take vengeance on you. Why? I'll uplift you in prayer. God will deal with that. And I would pray that in God's patience that you could see his love for you and make that change within our life. The recognition that prayer can and has and does change God's plans. That's always interesting, is it not? At least the plans he reveals to us. Hezekiah, put your house in order because today you're going to die. 
Hezekiah petitions God in prayer. And God grants him extension of life, 15 more years. And it's always involved in that. Be careful what you pray for. You may get it. Hezekiah got 15 more years. In that 15 years, he had a son whose name was Manasseh. And Manasseh is described as one of the most wicked kings of Israel. Every request, every statement, every action, every thought has a consequence. Whether we recognize it or not, there's a consequence. Our job with God's help is to pray that those consequences are good. You see it in Jonah not wanting to go to the Ninevites. If you did not have the book of Jonah, you would have never thought that the Ninevites would have ever, ever changed their mind. I mean, you read their history, oh, the wickedness. And yet when Jonah did preach and the people did respond, But do we sometimes become like Jonah? I'm going to go up, sit on the hill, and watch God destroy the city because they're bad people. And I'm going to fuss at a plant that God gave for shade and then took the shade away and fuss about it. We'll fuss about something that's immaterial and not think about, as God told Jonah, do you know every one of those people in the city of Nineveh has a soul? Every one of them has a soul. How could you wish destruction upon them? What will we do in the life that God has given to us? Keep your prayer life going. Spend that time and cultivate, <coughs> excuse me, cultivate a good relationship with God. Petition his counsel, his wisdom. Lean on his patience, his, his forbearance, his grace, his mercy. Surrender the life to him so that indeed one day the reward will be eternity with him. The question would be, why not tonight? If our life is not where it ought to be, why not tonight? If we're not that child of God, why not? If we are that child, but let the world begin to creep back in, if we begin to let attitudes and situations creep in our minds that ought not to be there, why not tonight? Why not make that life right with God tonight? And why not live for him each day that we live? Will you be subject to that invitation? If we could help you or assist you in any way in making a life right with God, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing. Oh,